1: Tomorrow can be
2: bigger. Yeah. Just grow, let the world overflow. Yeah. Give a life bigger than yourself. You're created for greatness. Give a life bigger
1: than yourself. Bigger. Welcome to Live Big with Dr. Derek Greer. We're glad you decided to join us today. Remember, you can get access to this message and a full library of teaching from Dr. Greer at gracechurchva.org. As we dive deep into the Word of God, we believe that it changes us and empowers us to think big, do big, and live big. This type of living will not only impact our lives, but will inevitably bless others. So our hope is that this broadcast inspires you to live big. Here's Dr. Greer.
2: Ready for the Word? 2 Kings chapter 19, beginning with the 14th verse. I'm going to pray for you as you turn. Father, we thank you for your word. Father, we came to sit at your feet this morning, to hear from you, to receive ministry from your Holy Spirit. There's a guy up here talking, but really, you're the one doing the ministry. So, Father, we we expect you to get that done. You know the needs in this room. Father, meet those needs, I ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Verse 14, and Hezekiah received the letter from the hand of the messengers. There's a lot of context here, but in the interest of time, we, we could not uh, cover everything. In some parts, we're gonna do a little bit of skipping, but you're gonna get a good sense of, of what happened uh, in the, the reign of uh, Hezekiah. But at this particular time in history, the most powerful military force uh, in the world had ravaged the Northern Kingdom and uh, much of, of Judah. And now at this point, hundreds of thousands of of Assyrian soldiers were just two or three days march outside Jerusalem. And at this point, King Hezekiah was fatigued. Uh, The people in Jerusalem were frightened. But over the years, they had learned to trust the prophet Isaiah. And uh, Isaiah prophesied that everything would be okay. And there's a lot of details in his prophecy and all of them came to pass and we won't cover that. But again, they trusted the prophet and the prophet proved himself time and time and time again. And Hezekiah, the king, he read this, this letter from the king of Assyria. And what the king wrote, uh, Hezekiah, was that Jerusalem would be next. You know, just like all the neighboring cities had fallen, you guys are going to fall too. When Hezekiah received this letter... He went up to the house of the Lord. The Bible says, and he spread it before the Lord. Now, Hezekiah did not pretend there was no threat. He did not ignore the threat. He just took the threat to the only one who could protect him. And you know, when bad news come, don't pretend. Don't. don't, No, no, no. Just take the issue to the God that can help. That's what Hezekiah did. Then Hezekiah, he prayed before the Lord. This is important. He didn't call his military advisors. He didn't get Big Mama on the phone. He, he didn't get Uncle Joe on the phone. He, he didn't do any of those things. The first thing he did was bring the matter before God. And this was his prayer. He said, O oh Lord, God of Israel. Now, stating God that way, and, and you know, there's, there's several Hebrew terms used that we're not going to get into. But when he spoke of God as a God of Israel, he's speaking of a God with history. A God that has done some things in the past that have been recorded. And and that's the value of a God. I don't believe in these new gods and all that. I I serve a God that was here since creation. He has a record with humanity. And what he's done in the past, he could do in the present. And this God was a God that had uh, met with Adam in the cool of the day. He 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 walked Abraham from uh, Ur of the Chaldees in, into the Promised Land, and and he had history through. And he fulfilled his promises. And he said, No, no, I'm not just talking about any old deity. I'm talking about a God that opened the Red Sea. I'm talking about a God that there were ten plagues. I'm talking about a God who who also opened up the Jordan. I'm talking about a God with history that has been recorded. And we can look back on and see his deeds. He said, O Lord God of Israel. Now, here's the deal. Israel was geographically caught between Egypt to the west and Assyria to the east. And um, they they were kind of caught like a a nut in a nutcracker. They, They were squeezed between two superpowers. So what did Hezekiah do? He appealed to the one squeezed between two cherubim. He said, oh, Lord, God of Israel, the one who dwells between the cherubim, you are God. You see, Judah had trouble on every side. But as powerful as the Assyrians were, Hezekiah didn't doubt the power of his God. And sometimes you're facing some things and some enemies loom large. They look big and God shrinks in your mind, at least. But this is not what the king did. It says, he said, you alone. You see, the reason this prayer is recorded is because it's instructive. It can teach us some things. He said, "I, I see them. But Lord, it's you alone that have made heaven and earth. Instead of magnifying the problem, he magnified God. And that is so very important. I've said to you before, God can never be made any larger. But the problem is he does shrink in our minds. We get a report of cancer, all of a sudden cancer looms large and God seems small. We you know we have a, a major bill to pay and and, and we don't have enough resources and, and the debt looks so big and God starts looking so small. But here, as as powerful as Sennacherib's armies were, creation was still subject to the creator. And you need to understand, as big as your problem seems to be, creation is still subject to. The creator. Amen. And then he says, incline your ear, O Lord. Open your eyes and see. This almost sounds a little bit rude, you know. What are you, what are you telling God what to do? Why, why are you telling God to, to see? It, it, it's not that God couldn't see. It wasn't that God couldn't uh, hear. The, the real issue is God requires us to believe before he acts. You know, John Wesley famously said this, he says, God does nothing apart from believing prayer. So it's not that God didn't see, it's not that that, that God didn't hear, it's that he had no one on their knees believing. The thing that gets God involved in our affairs is faith. So he was waiting for someone to call on him and trust him before he intervened. And many of us say, if God was God, this wouldn't happen. He's like, well, if you only believed, maybe something different would have happened. And hear the words of Sennacherib, which he has sent to reproach the living God. Now, in the letter, Sennacherib, the king of Assyria, uh, boasted. And basically what he said was, no God could save Jerusalem from his armies. Fatal mistake. You see, he confused the God of Israel with, with the God of, of the other cities that had idols that he defeated elsewhere. And, and you know, you, you might make the same mistake. You, you might say, well, you know, grace is just another church. You know, that Christian God is no different than, than the God of Buddha, the, the God of the Hindus, the, the, the God of, 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 of Muhammad. But let me tell you something. You get this church on its knees, you're going to be sorely surprised. There is a name above every name that can be named. And when you start calling on that name, every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess. You see, Sennacherib made the problem, you know, it's just, you know, all reasons, just all going the same direction. No big deal. You know what? Y'all going to fall just like the other cities with their idols. But here was a God with history. Here was a God that had had intervened in, in the lives of men and women and a God that would act. And not just someone sat up and, and put him and made a statue up. Verse 19. Now, therefore, O Lord, our God, I pray, save us from his hand. Here's a little bit of advice. You really don't want to start trying to push around praying people. Because God may have to show up and make an example of you. And with all his bravado and all his bluster, talk about what no one can stop me. I am the great king. Now you might be able to get away with, with the church down the street. Maybe the church around the corner. But when you start doing it in this house, do you understand what I'm saying? And you push us to our knees, we will start calling on that name. And God will do for us what you didn't see elsewhere. He said that all the kingdoms of the earth, this is prayer. God, show them that you are not like Buddha. Show them that you are not Allah. I want all the kingdom. This was his prayer. This is how Jesus prayed. Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. He taught us to pray considering God's name We, we want God's name to be hallowed and, and glorified in honor This is how Hezekiah prayed He said, Lord, do this so that your name So so that all the kings of earth may know that you are the Lord God You are by yourself You see, Assyria thought that Jerusalem would fall like all the rest But the 1,000 at my left hand 10,000 at my right, it shall not come near me. You see, my God, I don't know about your God, but my God loves his believing children like a hillbilly with a rifle. Don't make us start talking about Paul, 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 Paul. Don't push me. Cause I said, Father, Daddy. God, don't make me call on that name. That's the last thing you want to do to make me start appealing, start turning up my TV, turning over my plate, getting on my knees, talking about Abba Saba they said this and they said that what you got to say god show yourself holy show yourself strong be the god i know you are come on god do what you do don't make us go there don't push us to that point Then Isaiah, the son of Amen, sent to Hezekiah, saying, That said, Lord God of Israel, because you have prayed to me, some things aren't happening because you ain't praying. The only reason this happened is because he prayed to God. So the prophet showed up He said, because you prayed to me against Sennacherib, king of Assyria, I have heard. God does nothing apart from believing prayer. And if you don't believe it, guess what? You won't receive it. But because Hezekiah believed and prayed, the Bible records that he sent and released an angel and it destroyed 185 well-trained, powerful soldiers. Is there anything too hard for our God? Second Kings 20, verse 1. Here's what I wanted to get to today. We had to do some skipping. It says, in those days. What are those days? What's that referred to? When the nation was under threat, when the Assyrians were working havoc throughout the land and the nation surrounding, he said, in that moment, Hezekiah was sick. Here was the only faithful king in a hundred years in Judah. All the rest were sideways and, and mess, including Hezekiah's father. And, and that's, that's instructive because you don't have to be like your daddy. Hezekiah restored the national celebration of Passover during his reign. He reopened and expanded the temple during his reign. He opposed idol worship and smashed the sacred stones. On and on, Hezekiah instituted major reforms that only benefited the nation. But scripture still says, in those days, Hezekiah was sick and near death, sometimes bad things happen to good people, and sometimes at the worst possible times. But Isaiah the prophet, and you need someone to speak into your life, not just someone with some advice, but somebody that hears from God in the midst of your crisis. And Isaiah the prophet, the son of Amaz, went to him And said to him, watch this now. The first thing he said to him was pretty good. But the next thing, it make you want to leave the church. And I find a lot of people today, you know, as long as I'm preaching in line with what you like, everything's okay. But the moment I mentioned 10,000, 20,000, 50,000, you hear what I'm saying? The moment like said, He got a little bit of that. (laughs) But Isaiah, he spoke God's word, whether it was positive, whether it was negative. He was faithful to the message. He came to the king. It's the king. And kings had a habit of killing prophets, particularly when they said what they didn't like. He said, King, set your house in order. Hezekiah didn't have a son. So the next heir wasn't obvious. So what God was saying is, Hezekiah, I need you to come up with a succession plan. I need you to select someone to rule after you. Watch this. He continues. For you shall die. Then he said, in case you didn't understand what I was saying and not live. The statement is double emphatic. Most of us would fall apart if we heard such a word, but not Hezekiah. Hezekiah didn't just hear a word, he knew God's heart. And if you know God's heart, I don't care how hard the word sounds. You can prevail and you could tap into more than what you just heard. Listen to Jeremiah 18, verse 7. This is a very, very instructive passage of scripture. Ezekiel repeats it. And actually, uh, this verse goes on a little bit longer. It says it in the positive and negative. We're only going to focus on the uh, positive part here. He said, the instant I speak concerning a nation and concerning a person or a kingdom, forgive me, which is also true of an individual and a person. And if I tell that person, hey, I'm going to pluck you up, pull you down, you're going to be destroyed watch this if that nation or person against whom i have spoken turns i don't know if you hear what jeremiah is saying he's saying now i might say one thing but the end result's really not dependent on me but how you respond to what i say he said if that person turns from its evil I will relent. I will change my mind. Instead of walking away, instead of getting mad, instead of if you turn your heart to me and say, "Lord, I don't get it," but Lord, I know you love me. I know you're for me. Lord, I trust you. If you would just turn, I will literally change my mind of the disaster that I thought. And by the way, the only reason I thought it is because what you did, not because I really wanted to that I thought to bring upon it. You see, everything is not destiny. Some things in our lives could have turned out differently. If we would have just turned our hearts toward God, instead of blaming him, getting angry at him, and, and walking away, if we would have just turned from our evil ways, if we would have just said, Lord, I know you love it behind you. I can't figure this out, but Lord, I trust you. What did Jeb say? Though you slay me, yet will I trust you. Yeah. If you would turn to him, God can change the very pronouncement that was uttered from his own lips. 2 Kings 20 verse 2. Watch Hezekiah's response. Then he turned his face towards the wall. He intentionally turned away from every advisor, every problem, every distraction, just as we will over the next 21 days. Why are we turning our faces to the wall? Why are we doing this? Because this world has gone plumb crazy. People are absolutely out of their minds, and we need God more than ever. It's not going to hurt you, you know what, how the stomach turns or how the world turns or whatever. You don't need that as much as you might think. What the housewives of Atlanta, New York, or New Jersey are doing really doesn't matter in the scheme of things as much as you might think. He turned his face, missed some programs to the wall and he prayed again the prayer is recorded because it's instructive let's learn he said remember now oh Lord I pray remember how I have walked before you in truth and with a loyal heart and I have done what was good in your sight now on this side of Calvary You could think this was a proud and perhaps a boastful prayer, but the king could not depend on Jesus's righteousness as we can to get his prayers answered. You see, we were taught to pray in the name of Jesus, not my own name. In the name of Jesus. And by the way, it's not just a tag you put at the end of a prayer. It's you recognizing the only reason I come to you, Father, is because of the sacrifice of Jesus Christ at Calvary. He paid the debt. He opened the way. And I'm talking to you in his name. But here's the point. If King Hezekiah relying on his own righteousness could reverse that situation, how much more those to whom God, God has robed in his own righteousness can go to God and expect results. You see, Hezekiah pointed to what he did. But when I pray, I say, Lord, look at Jesus. Look at him bearing my sins on Calvary's cross. You placed everything I ever did wrong on him. He was my substitute. He was the sin bearer. He took it. He bore it. And on the third day, you vindicated him, raising him from the grave. And God, I pray in that name, not my own. That's why prayers in the Old Testament are often spotty, because it depended a lot on you. But in the New Covenant, if anybody should ever get a prayer answered it's those that trust in that name above every name it says "And hezekiah wept bitterly what a time to fall ill to die to leave your nation leaderless but the bible says hezekiah wept profusely and passionately bitterly here we we just read his shoulders were shaking in awe you see, it's one thing to pray a little passing, a little formal prayer, but it's one thing when your spirit, your mind, and your emotions, your body, every part of you lines up with the prayer prayed. And there are, and that's why Jesus said, you know, this type doesn't come out but by prayer. You see, they wanted to pray a little casual prayer, come out. And God said, no, no, no. Sometimes when the Bible speaks of supplication, there's a prayer petition, and that's just, you know what, you said it, God, do it. But a supplication is when your heart, mind, soul, and everything lines up, and, and you're not just praying out of your mind. You are praying out of your guts and out of your heart. It shivers and shakes you to your very core. So this king was making a supplication, but not just for himself, ultimately for his people. He had no one to take his place. He was the leader, and, and he had defeated the uh, Assyrians or Isaiah, and him had run them back before. And without him, things would be very difficult and very different. So he prayed and he wept. He wept and he prayed. He prayed and he wept. He wept and he prayed. And it happened. Did you hear me? He wept. And he prayed. He prayed and he wept. And it happened. Before Isaiah had gone out into the middle of the court, Isaiah had just spoken a word to the king. He walked into the palace through all the, the guards and all the rest King, you're gonna die. But before he could get to the front gate, while he was still in the middle, the palace God told him to turn around
1: you are listening to the live big broadcast with Dr. Derek Greer we pray that you were inspired to think big do big and live big our goal is to compel you to live in a way that overflows and blesses those around you find out more about this broadcast Grace Church and Dr. Greer at gracechurchva.org Dr. Greer and his wife Pastor Yermutu, invite you to meet them at Grace Church in Dumfries, Virginia for vibrant worship Bible teaching, and fellowship each Sunday and Wednesday. Click GraceChurchVA.org for service times, directions, and much more. Again, that's GraceChurchVA.org. This has been Live Big with Dr. Derek Greer. Watch the Live Big broadcast Monday through Friday and every Sunday. Check your local TV listings or visit GraceChurchVA.org for the broadcast schedule. That's all the time we have, but until next time, remember you have what it takes in Christ to live big.